This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Manchester City are back in action this weekend, but how will Erling Haaland and his merry men fare against a forest growing in confidence? I'll be joined by Adam Wilco from the Red Side of the Trent podcast to discuss just that in today's episode. It's Thursday the 21st of September. I'm your host Amos Murphy and this is the City Report Podcast. Joining me then is Adam from the Red Side of the Trent podcast. That's a mouthful and half, isn't it, Adam? Um, good luck saying that every week, but it's, it's a delight to have you on. Um, we've just recorded an episode together for your show, so listeners, go out and check that if you haven't already. But yeah, Adam, welcome to the City Report podcast, our humble abode. It is a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for having us, Amos. I mean, if City fans want to jump over to our pod and what, hear me gloat about all your stars, then they're, they're welcome to do so. There's a lot of love for Rodri and Julian Alvarez over there. Absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of hep for Pep Guardiola. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Although famously City don't have any fans to be able to do that. So um, I guess it'll only be two or three people doing it anyway. But no, it's, um, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, starting with the most important thing, of course... Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. It, it lasted long, didn't it? Um, although City are, as Pep Guardiola referenced in his press match, his post match conference this week, they are still one behind Nottingham Forest. So I'm sure you'll um, you, you'll have some you'll have some chance to sing at the City fans this weekend. I mean, I think Guardiola's just trying to butter us up before. <laughs> Typical, maybe a, <laughs> maybe a humbling. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I mean, I don't. I don't really enjoy that chant, to be honest, as a from from my point of view. But it is what it is. It's it's meant to be 
I don't know, banter, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, um, I, I was happy for City at the time. I thought it was such a good way. I, I, did, I was hoping they would batter into Milan for my bet on a personal level, but <laughs> I was glad they got it done in the end, to be fair. It was a lot closer final than I thought it was going to be, but yeah, they got it done in the end. I, I'm happy for them. It's, it's a good achievement, obviously. I just hope mm-hmm. now Pep Guardiola is kind of like bored with winning now and he can just <laughs> sail into the sunset. Maybe, I don't know if he'll manage Spain. I, don't, I never asked you this on our pod. Like, would he, would he ever consider managing Spain or not really because of his Catalonian roots? Yeah, I, I reckon you're right there. I think it, the, the whole debate about international football itself is an interesting one because he's such an intense manager and uh, he, he thrives on the ins and outs of everyday coaching um you know seeing the players building the relationship so i think he's probably probably i don't know i can never at this moment in time i don't think he'll go into international management but it might change i don't think he'll go to spain though i have to say i think that probably is um a step too far but um i, I guess we'll move straight on to the focus of today's show which is speaking about nottingham forest and let's start with their start of start to season then because it's been on paper a really tough start. Arsenal, Sheffield United obviously promoted last year. Man United, Chelsea and Burnley, another one of those promoted teams. But seven points is, is a brilliant return from those games. And, and there, there is a feeling that the Burnley match, um, at the Burnley match on Monday night, Forrest left two points out of there, out of that fixture. Win that game, you talk about an incredible, wonderful start. But at the same time, it's still a really strong, solid start for Forrest. Yeah, I mean, there's an investigation going on in the in the forest community of who's who's bundled these fixtures together. I mean, you get <laughs> plumped together away, and then you get all the newly promoted sides at home, which no one really wants to face. In all honesty, right at the start, you'd rather mm-hmm. them get a few drummings before they come and visit your ground or whatever. But I think a lot of perspective needs to be taken because if you got a point at Chelsea and then beat Burnley, everyone would be thinking that's that's brilliant and that's that's good and but because you 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 win at Chelsea and then you you only get a point against Burnley in a game where I thought on, on another day we probably lose actually I thought Burnley were mm. were really good for for the point at least maybe if not three I think they'll probably feel hard done by especially however you look at that uh, controversial decision with with Sander Berger handball in the ball for giving the ball to Lyle Foster to turn in. But no, I've been really, really happy. I couldn't have grown, I couldn't have been more pleased with, with how we've gone, especially with performances more than, than so results because at Arsenal, we lost 5-0 last season. At Man United, we lost 3-0. We've only been mm. beaten by a goal in each of those games. And then Chelsea, we drew and, and then we went and beat them this time. And I think there'll be plenty of teams that go get a result at Chelsea, but on paper, you don't expect to. So, I think overall you can't really grumble. We're eighth in the Premier League, Amos. I don't think I've I'd have said that so so soon. But I mean, it's still only, only five games yet, so it's still a long way to go. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's it's I think it's a really good start for Forest, given the fact last season it was about staying in the Premier League. This season it's about consolidating, and it, it leads me on to the summer recruitment because characteristically now it, it was another hectic summer I don't think it was as crazy at least on the face of it as the first summer in the Premier League and and probably the January transfer window as well which was a bit mental at the same time but you know you look at some of those players that have been brought in Alanga um, Chris Wood's move was made permanent um, Turner from Arsenal Tavares from Arsenal uh, Sangare is probably the standout name in that list the, the, the midfielder from PSV Eindhoven there's a lot of players that have come in there 
but unlike last season, it feels like there's a little bit more familiarity already with the players who were here and uh, Steve Cooper's been able to bring about a little bit more balance to the team, especially in the early parts of the season at least. Yeah, I think from the outside looking in, you think oh, seven players on deadline day, that's absolutely mental. But it took the, it was a domino effect of sell Brennan Johnson and then mm. we we can kind of improve the squad in several different areas. And all those players we did bring in were linked to us at some point throughout the last 18 months. So it's not all like kind of scattergun. It's not kind of, oh, let's bring him in because we've missed out on player X. We've chased Sangari for 18 months along with other clubs, actually. I think Liverpool and Bayern Munich were said to be of interested in him. And we've really gone after him. So we've obviously made him feel really wanted for him to ditch Champions League football with PSV to come and join Forest on deadline day. But yeah, I think there's been a few outgoings, like obviously losing Brennan Johnson, like I've mentioned. So we brought in Alanga and Hudson Adoy to kind of fill those roles. I mean, we've spent collectively 18 million up front for both those players and got 27 and a half mil back or whatever the maths will be. So in that respect, I think we've we've improved a lot of the squad in a lot of different areas. And I think Cooper's now got two players for each position and kind of made it so we can change formations, have different uh, ways of approaching games, and depending on who we're playing against. Like we tried four-two-three-one on Monday night against City, it's going to be very, very different. But the squad gives him that flexibility and and the, the ability to hopefully build a different way of playing against different teams. Therefore, hopefully, that means our results should improve against sides that are similar to us, or or, or we can still surprise teams like we did against Chelsea. So. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Uh, I think it's, it's still going to take a little bit of time, and but hopefully it'll be a lot of fun on the way. Yeah, um, that that was uh, especially the case last year with Forest. Um, some some of those games, especially towards the back in the season. I mean, including the game against City, the one-one draw at the at the City Ground. Um, some really interesting contests, and it started that way so far this season. Um, I, I just wanted to sort of round off the summer. I know we're sort of moving into autumn now, and, and the weather is certainly matching <laughs> that. I was freezing at the game on Wednesday night, but. Um, what what are the expectations heading into the season? Or sorry, what were the expectations heading into the season? Was it a case of we have to stay in the league again? Is that sort of where Forrest are at in the Premier League development? Obviously, um, survived with a game to go effectively last season. What you weren't in that last day melee with Leicester and Leeds and Everton. Or is there a sense that maybe considering the quality of the Premier League, and, and I'll be honest, at the bottom of the league, especially to be blunt, it isn't fantastic. There is, a, I think Forrest can look at the table and say there's at least five, six, seven maybe teams worse off than them, or, or at least on paper. And obviously, football isn't played on there. Do you think you may be looking at a mid table position, or to go back to it, is it just about staying in the league? I think the game when we headed into at the Emirates, everyone was thinking like, let's just consolidate again. If we mm. can improve on like maybe one or two positions, that'd be brilliant. And then now you've had the, we've had the start and we've had the influx of of who we've bought in and, and an upgrade. In my opinion, I think we have upgraded across the team and even improved for maybe the future with the likes of Murillo coming in from Corinthians and Amabel Medile from from Norwich in that respect in our defence. I, I think we can kind of maybe look towards mid-table now, maybe be top of the 
mid-table kind of side. So I, I'd like if we're if we're brushing shoulders with like Crystal Palace and Fulham and Brentford by the end of the season, then I think you've had a good season, especially like a team like Brentford who seem to very much go under the radar and almost sneak into the European positions last season. So if we can kind of like be in amongst that and 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 like kind of develop a new way of a few ways of playing then I think that's a good season because then next next season, if we're in the league again, we can kind of maybe add one or two. We don't have to go out and add six or seven or or anything like that and kind of then hopefully start to push for those those European spots. I mean, the way the way that Europe is working now, I don't, I don't know what your opinion is on this, Amos, but half the league's going to be in Europe next year or the next couple of years, aren't they? So mm-hmm. if we get 10th, we might get in like the, the next like European competition they decide to make up. Yeah, you'll you'll have teams getting relegated but qualifying for Europe via the league at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because um, coefficients and all that sort of thing. Yeah. We won Euro two two European clubs. So I hope you know this. So does that yeah, count? Does true. that count towards anything? <laughs> yeah, you're probably higher than a lot of teams. Um, United are probably one of those teams who are going to be getting relegated this season, but still qualifying for the Champions League on, on coefficient. Um, but speak to me about Steve Cooper then uh, before we head off for part two because. So much has changed. I mean, go back to that game. Was it Sheffield United in the playoff semi-final? Um, yeah. It, Bryce Samba making those fantastic saves and obviously beating Huddersfield Town at Wembley. So much has changed in those 18 months since. The the club, bar the aesthetics, bar the fans, is pretty much a completely different entity. But at the same time, that one man at the heart of it has stayed the same. And, and I'm delighted for him because obviously he's, he's had a, 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 an interesting coaching path to get to this point. But his methods for me have always appeared the right ones, if you can say that about a manager who, who wasn't getting results at the time, but obviously is now. It must it must be great, or, or, or is it great? I don't know. You can tell me <laughs> to have um, someone who the board and, and obviously the... Uh, an interesting owner at Forest, Aspie said, have trusted and are now seemingly reaping the reaping the rewards. So it's two years since he was appointed on Thursday, and we're doing this on a Wednesday. So tomorrow it's his two-year uh, anniversary, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. And we were bottom of the championship playing Huddersfield. It's quite poetic that it started with Huddersfield and ended with Huddersfield in the playoffs in that in that sense. But and then two years later, we're now eighth in the Premier League, which is like. I, don't, I think if you'd told me that when he got appointed, I'd have been like, oh, I just wanted to stay up in the championship. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd have been thinking was... the Northern Premier League or a non-league uh, division or something like that. You know, yeah. It's a crazy turnaround. But the way he's kind of took the city in, in as and um, the way we've took him in has been like such a nice story in, in itself. I mean, I've been following Forest where we're chopping and changing managers mm. all the time. I mean, if a manager made it to a year, you were like, how? Because it just it's changed so much. I mean, Billy Davis was the last one to get two years, and I mean, he was a lunatic if you if you read into his story. So it's been really good, and it kind of shows that sticking with a manager is the right way to go about things because there's obvious progression. Yes, we got we went on a bit of a crazy run to get promoted in the first place, but then last season we tried to play the same way. It didn't work. He adapted. We played a much more turgid style of football whether you like that or not obviously most people don't like that because football is an entertainment business at the end of the day but it got us results and it kept us in the league so this season now is a test of Cooper and whether he can grow with the club or we outgrow him now because it's we've 
Maranakis has gave him the ammunition to work with and the tools to work with to progress the football club. I don't know what the goal is within the team in terms of how far they go up the league, but if he improves and gets his mid-table and it kind of looks like, oh, we're actually maybe one or two players of pushing off those European places, that's progress in my eyes. Mm. And if it, if we develop a couple of ways of playing football where City, for example, at the weekend, we go in, low block, counter-attack, that's great. And then at home, we play Brentford in the next home game and we go, actually, we're going to change now. We're going to go at them. We're going to get really get them. I think fans really will respect that because it shows that he is always thinking how to approach games and that will be the big one for him it'll be like I say can he grow with us or do we outgrow him and I'm intrigued to see that because I love Steve Cooper I think he's brilliant he wears his heart on his sleeve like I say he, he could probably walk into any pub in Nottingham and get a pint for free so yeah I'd like to see us continue with him for as long as possible there is going to come to an end obviously all good things come to an end at some point but I'd say he's got another few years with us left yeah and I mean attracting players like Hudson Adoy and Gibbs White from the under twenty under seventeen campaign he had. We're only a Phil Foden away off the trio of like Infinity Stones here, eh, Moss. <laughs> yeah. Bring the band back together. <laughs> yeah, um, I think going back a few years, there's a few people who wanted Phil Foden to be loaned out to, at the time, a lower league club. And, and obviously, Guardiola has, has reaped his rewards in that sense by keeping him along. But I, I think you're right. I mean, I, there was that video, I think it was with Joe Worrell after the Chelsea game. And obviously, he had his own personal tragedy that week. But he, he's pushing him towards the crowd and, and they're singing Worrell's name. And then he goes in, I think he did an interview on Match of the Day where, you know, you, you can tell... And it counts for nothing. It really does count for nothing in football. Um, players, managers alike. But it, it, it's nice when you see a good guy succeeding. Yeah, I feel like that that it does add an extra layer of happiness to it. And, and it's a bit soppy, I guess. But it, I, I'm just glad he has been able to have the success and he's been able to, uh, for now anyway, been stuck behind. Because it, it felt like last season there was going to be a point where the owners just got rid of him. So um, I'm just happy for him. Yeah, I mean, I remember after the Leeds game, um, I went to that one, managed to get a ticket, and it looked like he was pretty much saying goodbye. And then Maranakis has come out and said, no, we're backing him. And then actually Maranakis, I mean, controversial or not, said in an interview at the end of the season, like, why would I get rid of him? Because there was no one better than him. And I thought, well, if there was someone better than him, you would have probably then tried because it, he's that kind of guy. He's He is a serial winner himself, Maranakis, because mm-hmm. he comes from a league where Olympiacos dominate. So that's fair enough. But I do think he's also, he's not stupid enough to think, oh, the Premier League is not, it, it is difficult even if you spend the money. Because you look at Leicester City, who went down with a phenomenal team. I mean, they've got, no, Ash- Ashley Barnes has left, Tielemans has, uh, Ashley Barnes, <laughs> Harvey Barnes, sorry. <laughs> Euro Tielemans and Madison have all left now. I mean, and I think a couple of others. So it goes to show you like the quality they had and managed to go down. So no one is safe as, as such. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he saw sense in that in that respect. Yeah, um, certainly. But hopefully he isn't smiling on Saturday, at least from our point of view. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that'll do for part one. Stay exactly where you are. We'll be back in a moment. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. I'm joined by Adam from the red side of the trend. I just can't wrap my tongue around it. Um, what, what do you want to call us? If... Um, I'll have a think. I'll have a think. I'll have some ideas. Uh, I always show it to Arsat on like <laughs> on uh, Twitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it that... is a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of T's in there, um, which is, is difficult to wrap around. But um, we're going to discuss the match on Saturday. Then it's a quick turnaround for City. Obviously, playing Red Star on Tuesday night. Our review of that game is up already. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But um, it's. It's an interesting game. It's 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 a Saturday three o'clock kickoff for UK people. Um, early morning for the US, late at night for everyone the opposite side of the world. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a good contest. Obviously, last time around, I think it finished six nil. Early in Harland hat trick, a, a Cancelo wonder strike. One of those players isn't at the club anymore. The other one has struggled for goals so far this season, albeit has seven, which um, probably says more about Harland than anyone else. But um, how are you feeling heading into the contest? this weekend I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried but I'm also kind of optimistic and such because our away performances have been really positive this season I mean the results against Man United and Arsenal yeah not not so good and it's more so against United because you go two and up in four minutes and you're kind of like well surely we can cling on to this but I think there's, there's always the phrase of scoring too early isn't there and we've got two goals too early really um but, it, but there were so many positives to take away from that. But I always put City in their own stratosphere, never mind like league. They're just in their own their own galaxy, really, in, in terms of the Premier League, in my eyes. I know you told us on, on ours, you don't see there's much difference in quality, but it's it's the man at the helm that's the difference. And he's just mm-hmm. a freak of nature, in my eyes. But no, I'm, I'm excited because we have played better. We've defended a lot better. But it's just kind of like, how do you approach a game where City are going to have so much of the ball and making the opportunities count on the counter-attack and, and kind of personnel? I mean, there's a lot of people have been having so many debates of like, who who plays in this game for us? Because we're going to go for a five at the back. I think that's pretty obvious. But it's like, do you go three in midfield? Do you go two and, and kind of a bit more attacking up front? It's, it's a really difficult one, but it's a good mm. problem for Steve Cooper to have for a change because last season you kind of could name the the 11. This time around you can kind of kind of like hit and miss of who, who's going to be in. Like, So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, but I, I, I'd be foolish to say I think we'll will get any anything like too positive. I mean, if we won, I think that would be the shock of the year, really. Unless like Luton come and got a point or something at the Etihad, but I'd probably put my mortgage on on that not happening. So you know what's going to happen now. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be homeless. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what's going to happen now. Um, I think it's April time that so you play Luton at home, so I'm going to make a note. It's not on April calendar. 4th, is it? Oh, God, don't. I think that would just top it off, um, especially because a lot of City fans of a certain age 
dis- despise Luton. Um, and it, it feeds into the city being a small club mentality because um, I've seen a few spats with Luton already because Luton relegated City going back a good few years ago. So it's it's carried over despite the new success. But I think you're absolutely right. I, going back to the conversation we had in part one, it'll be interesting to see the development of the team for Forest this year because last season it came so early on in the campaign, you know, there was a, I, I felt anyway, there's a sense of maybe starstruck nature with, with the game at the Etihad Haaland was in great form, you know, six nil is a humbling result, but it's happened to a lot of teams, Manchester United being one of them or six three, um, obviously. So, you know, shipping goals to city isn't a, a mark against anybody, but you will be hoping 12 months down the line, start the season. Well, squads looking a bit more balanced that it is more of a contest. And, and I truly think it will be. Um, because you mentioned there the big matches so far this season. Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea. The Arsenal game, albeit first 45 minutes, was probably a bit of a non-contest. Then the second half, Forrest really clicking into gear and, and could have, could have maybe snatched something on that day. Um, United, like you say, go 2-0 up inside. Five minutes, was it four minutes, like you say? Um, very early on. And then finally, you get your rewards against Chelsea. So what what is it that's happened in those big matches that has made Forrest such a difficult team for those for those clubs who are, you know, ball dominant, like to keep possession, will create plenty of chances. Um, less said about the quality of Manchester United than Chelsea, of course, but still going to those places and getting a result or in the case of Old Trafford, nearly getting a result isn't an easy feat. I think it's like what you just mentioned there, Amos, about starstruck. Like I think we've now going to these clubs and I think players are going, right, well, we've we've been here now. We don't need to take pictures for the Instagram and go, oh, look where I'm playing kind of thing. It's now, no, I, I belong here. I think that's just, I think it's that kind of mentality. It's a self of belonging. Like Forrest are now a Premier League side. You can kind of comfortably say that at the moment. So I think that's kind of been a thing. I think last season we went to Liverpool and we lost 3-2 and actually had a go at them. And I think that kind of like, clicked into gear for our away form last season we only won once and that was at Southampton we've won once this season against Chelsea I think that kind of gives you that belief you can go anywhere and kind of say they're not impossible to be so I think that's kind of come into it I think we're a lot more organised I think Cooper kind of like found a way of playing against those sort of sides and suffocating the space in between midfield and defence and kind of making like teams play a long ball if you watch the Arsenal game into the full ninety. It's a moment of brilliance from Martinelli, though a bit of luck for it to fall to Enketia to score. And then the Saka goal is is one where most, I think, 99% goalkeepers aren't going to save. So, actually, Arsenal didn't create anything that clear-cut against us. Man United didn't really clear get, create anything clear-cut against us either. They're just just moments of poor decision-making and refereeing contribute. I mean, it's Old Trafford in it. They get everything. I mean, anyone that's telling me that's a penalty on Marcus Rashford and sending off for Joe Worrell is, is a fool for me. But, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's my biased roast tinted glasses, like forest tinted glasses on. So, yeah, I think it's just a, more of a self-belief thing. So, hopefully that's kind of the similar case against City, though it's, it's the quality, it's the style of football. Players like Doku, who absolutely terrify me, I think we're going to have to really suffocate space and and be aggressive in in moments and try and pick a pick a time where I don't know you've bombed on like Gavardio into the central attacking midfield role or a Kanji or something and kind of hopefully exploit that when when that goes wrong if it does go wrong ever which I, I'm pretty sure it can do so yeah it's, it's kind of 
let's pick our moment and and really go for it and take a chance if we if we get one. But we've got to try and force you into that error, I guess. There'll be plenty of opportunities. I say this all the time whenever I'm speaking to an opposition fan because that that's just how City play. Um, and granted, you know that there won't be an abundance of them, but there'll, there'll be enough. And and all you need is one chance. As Red Star nearly found out on Wednesday night, um, they scored with their sorry Tuesday night. They scored with their first shot, let alone on target. Um, so there's certainly opportunities. I feel for for Forest on Saturday. One of those obviously danger men that we'll be looking ahead to is is Tayo Awoni, who is someone that you know I love um, and he's, he's finally getting his flowers a little bit isn't he he started the season on in fine form um, wasn't able to extend his scoring record I mean that that was a pretty impressive run of form don't get me wrong but he's he's been looking like the sort of the player that Forrest thought they signed last season but didn't always sort of come to fruition yeah I mean we've can't sing any more phrases about Big Tyro will need to be honest. Um, in his last nine games, he's had eleven goal contributions, which is nine goals and two assists. I think he needs another couple of goal contributions to equal Salah's re- a record that Salah's got. I don't, I'm not exactly sure on the numbers for that one, but he over the summer it just looks like he's like not exactly like lost muscle or anything. He's still a strong lad, but he looks a lot quicker than than he has been. I mean, uh, the goal against United where he destroys Marcus Rashford in a foot race is. Is I never thought he had that kind of pace. He's just so powerful, and as 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 you see from his goal compilation, he's not the cleanest striker of 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 the ball or anything. Not the most technical, but he's always there in the right moments, kind of thing. So, if your striker's getting in the right place, it doesn't matter how they bundle them in as long as they do. But he works so hard for us, so he's going to be a a massive key element on on Saturday in terms of trying to give. I mean, it's going to be hard giving Ruben Diaz a a, 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 like a contest, but yeah, get making him kind of think a bit about what what he's got to do and, and a Kanji or or Ake kind of he's he's going to have to put himself about and really hold the ball up really well to try and get us up the pitch a little bit. But he he, he can definitely do it. Um, mm. So yeah, he, as, if, if you've got a, t- a smiling tire tire one you up top, you know you're in for for some danger. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's a fantastic footballer. He had a really, really good spell at Union Berlin um, before moving over to the Premier League last season. Um, I, I guess we'll wrap up then, finally, Adam, on the rest of the Forest players who could potentially call us danger. And we're speaking about that counter-attacking ability. Morgan Gibbs-White is one of the best attacking midfielders in the Premier League for my money. And I say that as somebody who questioned the signing this time last year. He's, he's been incredible. Um, really, really enjoy watching him. Alanga, Hudson Adai on either side. I mean, that is... A fr- you speak about Doku being frightening and, and you're right to say that, but that, that's an equally frightening flank, isn't it? On Alanga, who's rapid, Hudson Adai, technically fantastic. That is a, a functional attack if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something to really like whet your appetite with as, from a Forest point of view and even from a, maybe like a neutral's point of view mm. if you're going to tune into a game with us. But it's just kind of finding the balance so you can play them for and then like who's going to be behind them because like I say, on Monday night on our show, it was, we kind of still, we've got, we've got some tinkering to do and some figuring out to do with personnel, but I'm sure it will come. But yeah, it's, mm. it's a really exciting kind of attack. I don't think all of them will, will start on Saturday. I think it will be very much a Onion and Gibbs White up top kind of providing the, that support in terms of a, a two-man kind of 
prong. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, we've got pace from fullbacks, which I expect him to kind of help us get forward. It's but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's maybe tight or you're winning one nil that those players get introduced. Alanga has been really useful off the bench when you've got tired legs to run against because he's mm-hmm. he's lightning quick. So yeah, um it's it's very interesting. It's gonna be a bit of a chess game, I think, from our point of view. I think from a from a pet point of view, I can just I, I know I'm like being really pessimistic here, but it's like a cat playing with a, with a mouse or something in it sometimes for him. It's just when when to strike. <laughs> that, that's what scares me. Yeah, uh, we'll wait and see. I mean, it, it it has potential to be a banana skin for City, but obviously five Premier League wins from five, one in the Champions League. I think, I mean, we've mentioned it on this show plenty of times already this week, but the injuries is, is where Forrest will probably look at maybe getting at City. A um, couple of players out, players having played 90 minutes in midweek. You know, it, it can catch up with you even at this early stage of the campaign. But Adam, we will call it a day there. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks for that, Amos. Uh, see you soon. Absolutely. Uh, links uh, in the description. As always, go and listen to the show Adam and I did on the red side of the trend. I'm getting there. I'm getting better at it. Um, by, by the end of the season, hopefully, would have been uh, whipping it out. Oh, Jesus! I won't say that on, on a podcast anyway. Um, <laughs> we're going to call it a day for obvious reasons. I've been Amos Murphy. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 